I'm Pam Rogers, an attorney and a staunch Republican. I'm Mara Dolan, an attorney and a lifelong Democrat. And this is Going to Spirit, Politics and Crime with Pam and Mara. We may disagree on many subjects and topics discussed on this show, but our mutual respect for each other, our common experiences and the work that we do keeps us together. You may think you know the whole story, but you need to hear our rapid fire opinions from both sides. We aren't afraid to go there. We're going to spare it. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Going to Spare It podcast with Pam and Mara. I am your host, Pam Rogers. And generally, I am always joined by my co-host, Mara Dolan, who is our resident Democrat. But Mara is not able to be with us today. So I am going to interview former state representative and former state senator, Bob Clegg from the town of Hudson, New Hampshire. Bob is a Republican insider in the state of New Hampshire. He knows all the presidential candidates who come through here. He knows all the political players. And he and I are going to have a really good conversation in regards to um, uh, retail politics, what that means in New Hampshire, and uh, what he and I basically have been seeing around the state and with our candidates. So I hope you guys enjoy the show. Hey, Senator Bob Clegg, how are you? Good. And yourself, Pam? Great. It is great to have you on the show. Um, unfortunately, my co-host, Mara Dolan, could not be here today. She's had an emergency. But I didn't want to uh, let this conversation with you wait any longer. So you and I are going to go it alone. Is that okay? Sounds good to me. Great. And as I told the audience, you are a former state representative in the New Hampshire House of Representatives and a former state senator, right? Correct. How long did you actually serve up at the state house? I served uh, eight years in the house, and then I served uh, six years in the Senate. I went to the Senate because I thought I could take a break. I was part of house leadership, and I guess because I was the new guy, they made me the Senate majority leader, which meant I was back working seven days a week. Were you really? Yeah. Well, I was I was there during 9-11, so I was the liaison. So we had a lot of work to do. We used to... Um, put on all the events to see who was ready, who wasn't ready. We did all the mock uh, medical and stuff. So for for three years, we were seven days a week. That's incredible. I don't think people, I don't think people realize um, how hard the representatives and the senators work because, right, they obviously, you don't get paid. You get paid $100 a year. Um, 81 after taxes. 81, 81 after, after taxes. taxes. That's right. And you know, and, and you are, you're up there 40 hours a week plus, and you're really dedicating yourself to the citizens of New Hampshire, basically. And, and most of us still work. You know, I used to do my work at night. So you, you still have to earn a living, but, but I wouldn't change it because I don't want people up there because they want to earn a living like Massachusetts. Everybody who's up there is up there because they believe in the system. There's a few who would like to get 10 or 15 or 20,000, but most everybody believes that a volunteer is better. I do too. I know. Yeah, I do too. I know I served with you in the house during the 2001 and 2002 sessions. So I was up there with you for two years. Um, and so that's how I basically got to know you. And I've run into you recently a lot at some, um, you know, political uh meetings correct yes which is nice it's nice that you still come out and you still participate it, it really is i know you're you've got a very busy busy schedule so it's nice to see you come out we yeah no it's great people. it's actually i'm sorry go ahead i, I was gonna say it's nice to, to kind of get back in and start seeing people again and it's nice to like reconnect with people for sure um and there's a lot of new faces that i just don't know at all um but, but People such as yourself who have have a have a history and understand what what it takes to pass bills and make laws are the best judges on on a lot of these candidates, and and they have to look you in the eye, and and they can't really lie to you because they know you you know and you understand. So it does change the dynamics of the of the meetings when when a number of you show up. Yeah, it's and it's been great actually. I, so I've just so the, the audience knows I've gone up to the New Hampshire Home Builders Association twice now in the past month, and I've seen and met uh, Vice President Pence as well as Vivek Ramaswamy, and so I ran into you there. And those were great events because they were first of all so small and so intimate. 
right. Everybody gets a chance to ask him a question. So, and, and as you could see, it was a pretty diverse. There were guys who had just come off a construction site and there were guys that had just come out of their offices. So it's, it's very difficult for anybody to put on any kind of persona that um, you would normally do in front of, say, a group of lawyers or a group of bankers. It doesn't work in the home builders because you're in front of everybody. And there were bankers with it when you were there, too. So, Yeah. Yeah. You know, what I thought was really interesting was um, with Vivek Ramaswamy, who I'm really impressed with. But when I sat down at the table, um, it was a it's a really large conference room table. And so probably seats about maybe, what, 15, 20 people, somewhere in that range. Yeah, I think it's 20. Yeah. Yeah, 20. And so I was sitting directly across from Vivek and I... Before and this is before everyone like before he started talking, I said to him like I was like hi how are you and he said hi how are you and I said you know let me ask you something where are you from what state are you from I really had no idea where he was from, and he was like I'm from Ohio and he started explaining to me where he was from in Ohio and how he likes it and it's really pretty and then we started talking about New Hampshire and it was just like a really normal conversation that you would have with anyone in the universe right just like super yeah. normal and um that's what we call retail politics in New Hampshire. Isn't that right, Bob? It is. It's amazing. It's one-on-one. -on -one. You shake his hand, you talk to him, you tell him what you like, what you don't like. Um, and, and if you notice, they're not surrounded by security. You weren't searched before you came into the room. Um, it was the same way with Pence and, and, and Nikki's been up there as well. We've had Nikki in that, in that same room and none of them put on that. I'm better than you um, attitude. They all accept that they're no better than us. You know, I, I, I like to tell people, I've been in politics a long time, and I was with the Huckabee campaign when we were in Iowa, and I say the difference between Iowa and New Hampshire is in Iowa, they will listen to you politely and then stand up and tell you that they think you're wrong and walk out. In New Hampshire, we don't wait until you're done. If we think you're wrong, we throw a piece of cordwood at you, <laughs> see if it'll help. We're, we're a tough state. Yeah, for sure. And and what people across the country may not understand is that, first of all, New Hampshire is really, really small. Like you can get from the seacoast up into the mountains in two hours. Um, right. And we are really lucky to have that opportunity to actually meet presidential candidates. And we had um, former Congressman Mike Rogers on the show a while back. And I told him the story about when I was like, I think I was around 15 years old. And my mom and I had uh, walked out of the Rexall. Um, on Water Street in in Exeter. And there was just a gentleman walking down the street with like a younger fella. And this gentleman had on like a bow tie. And he was like, hi, I'm running for president. And I just remember like, it's probably my first real memory of like actually meeting someone who was running for president. And it was Paul Simon from, I always forget what state he's from, Illinois, I think. I always want to say mm -hmm. Minnesota, but I think it's Illinois. And he was a Demo Democrat. And he was like, oh, I'm running, you know, for president. And we chatted with him. And I just remember his bow tie. And he was so nice. And my mom and I walked away. And we were just like, oh, my gosh, like, that's incredible. But, right, that's New Hampshire. That's actually what happens. I go all the way back to there was a group of people around a gentleman in, in Nashua. And I asked somebody, you know, what's the big thing over there? And he said, oh, just some peanut farmer from Georgia. <laughs> and it turned out to be the future president. So that's so that's, funny. That's the way we are. That, that really was a is. long time ago. That really is. You know what? I, I forget what year or what. It would have been the 90s, but I was in Exeter, uh, which is where I'm from. And I'm driving down the street, like through Phillips Exeter Academy. And I wasn't really paying attention. And I sort of like had to jam on my brakes really quick. And Brian Dennehy, the actor, who is also like a Republican, was walking across the street. And I almost ran over Brian Dennehy. <laughs> that would have been awful. Awful. I love him. He's a great actor. He's great. They would have made uh, a movie. Exactly. <laughs> After I went to jail, it would have been a movie. It would have been great, Bob. I would have loved it. Um, but yeah, so that's, I mean, retail politics in New Hampshire is so great because you do get to meet the presidential candidates. And a lot of times you get to meet them more than once. So has that been your experience? Well, the saying here is you're not going to get anybody's vote until you shake their hand and talk to them at least three times. And, and, and I'm a firm believer that that's the actual truth. And so from the inside, they work very hard to make sure that they get to the same place over and over and over again. And, and they find that the questions that were asked the first time, there's the same people are there, but they have follow ups. So it's well worth their time. New Hampshire is small enough that they can do that, as you say. It's a two-hour ride from one side to the other, so uh, you, you can do it. But here in New Hampshire, people are very much engaged, 
and they want to ask the questions. And, and they're tough questions. Nobody asks softballs. I'll tell you, the presidential candidates hate it when somebody thinks they're doing them a favor and throws them a softball. They don't want those. They want the tough questions right up front. They want to know what New Hampshire thinks. We're important. We're an important win. Yeah, for sure. We really are. I mean, Iowa obviously has the caucus, so we're considered the first um, primary state. How do you how do you feel about the Democrats kind of skipping over us as first in the nation? Well, the Democrats thought they were going to stick just step over us, but even even the Democrats, the, the solid Democrats in New Hampshire, are saying you can't do that to New Hampshire. We are the first. We are the place where everybody gets a chance. You know, sending people to states like Georgia means they spend a lot more money too. New Hampshire is very inexpensive in a sense to campaign in. And you get to the bigger states, it's all about how many advertising dollars you are, how many times I can put your face up on television. You can ask people in New Hampshire if they've seen a, a, a certain political ad. Most of them will say no. Most of them turn, and, and I hope MUI is not listening. Most of them turn the television off or just walk away and make a sandwich, so to speak, when there's commercials. So they don't they don't see him unless somebody like me says, hey, you're not going to believe what this one says. Then they go look because now they want to know. But but um, if you go to a bigger state, you know, Nevada is another one. There's no way you can meet enough people to win an election without spending millions of dollars. And, you know, they all hire those big firms. Some of them actually make movies themselves. So they create a new character that nobody knows. New Hampshire, um, you know, I've met Mike Rogers too. Um, it's amazing how everybody stops in. And you know Matt Mayberry. Yes. For 30 years, Matt Mayberry has taken anybody who wanted to think, even think that they wanted to run for president has chauffeured them around the state. So, you know, and, and Matt doesn't have the big vehicles. Matt just takes them in his little cars and they actually have to be just like us. Yeah, Matt, we had Matt on the show and he is fantastic. I absolutely love him. I think he's an absolute treasure. I think he does so many good things for not only the political, but his community. He's such a, he's so amazing. Um, I encourage everyone to check out that episode if they haven't heard it yet. But um, but yeah, it, you know, what's a, a funny story and I forget when this would have been, maybe like 10, 10, 12 years ago, uh, it was when Ted Cruz was thinking about running for president. And my friend was running an organization here in New Hampshire, and they were putting on, I think like a debate or a talk, or maybe it was just going to be, it wasn't a debate. It was like just Ted Cruz was coming to speak at an event type of thing. And my friend said that he heard from Ted Cruz's people and they said, okay, you know, we're going to fly into Manchester and then you know where is the motorcade going to meet us and where like how will the motorcade work to the event and my friend was like motorcade what are you talking about like we don't motorcade like someone you know like like, like someone like Matt Mayberry will come pick you up and we will drive you to the event and the person was like oh my god like this isn't Texas right I mean this is right small town New Hampshire really cute quaint adorable small town New Hampshire that was the year he and his wife came to the Londonderry fishing game um, to, to shoot, um, competitive shoot with us. So, really, yeah. And see, there's another thing we, we don't pamper them either. They don't eat lobster when they come here. Right. Unless they're paying. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, let, let's talk a little bit about who you've met this season that's running for president. Who have you met? Well, like I said, I met Mike Rogers. We talked over the winter. Um, I've, um, been to a couple of Nikki's events. Uh, of course, um, Mike Pence. Um, unfortunately, he's talked to me three times, so now he wants me to decide whether I like him or not. Um, <laughs> Ramaswamy. Yeah. And, and um, I'm trying to think. I know that I know there's a couple of others. Um, and we're trying to get um, Robert F. Kennedy up because we want to hear everybody's side. Yeah. Well, you know, New Hampshire's the place, and and we think that Robert F. Kennedy ought to have a chance to speak. Yeah, no. sure. Absolutely. He's got a really, he's got an interesting voice for sure. Like I, I you know, I've seen him a couple of times on TV um, and I think he's really interesting. What do you think about, um, when we talk about retail politics and, you know, being in a room with someone, um, you know, you and I have both have been to a million events where you're in someone's living room, right? And, yeah. you know, and so you're really, it's like really intimate and you get to meet all these great people. Um, how do you, what do you think about President Trump who does the big, huge, you know, stadiums 
and you know his approach versus the approach of everybody else here in New Hampshire. I, I understand why they only want to do giant events, um, but but I also don't understand why he doesn't want to be who he says he is, which is a man of the people. You don't see him walking through the crowd, shaking hands like every other candidate does. Um, and, and unfortunately, DeSantos, uh, he, he take, he's taking on the Trump-esque type of campaigning, isolate you, search your pockets. Um, that doesn't work here. And, and I think it, maybe it does in the big states and the big stadiums where you, you, you really can't meet anybody and, and you have to spend a lot of money. But in the smaller states, it doesn't. And, and, and I believe Iowa, I spent a whole summer there when Huckabee was uh, running. They, they don't appreciate that either. They, they want to sit there. They want to talk to you. They want to know what your sense of humor is, if you have one or if you don't. And, and they want to know what your really concerns. They like to hear about your family. What are they doing? What have you done? How, how are you helping other people besides yourself? You don't get that in a stadium. No, you don't. And I, I, I've been to, I went to one of Trump's events um, in 2015, I believe it was, at Winnicott High School in Hampton. And it was, it was like, it was amazing. You watched it and it was like, oh my gosh, I remember just saying to myself, what is going on here? This is a movement, right? This is incredible. This is crazy. Um, I also had the opportunity to meet him backstage, like in the small VIP room. But I do... I under, it's like, I get it, right? I understand why they do that. But at the same time, I really feel like the people of New Hampshire don't get a great feel for who President Trump is actually, because we actually don't get to shake his hand like we get to shake everybody else's hand, you know? Well, remember too, he's, he's not the kindest person. So if you're in a room with him and, and he thought that he should tell you that you're fat or ugly or, oh. or stupid, it wouldn't go well. So if I was his handler, I'd keep him as far away from actual um, handshakes as well. So, yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Have you, uh, when we when we were up at uh, New Hampshire Home Builders and Vice President Pence was there, um, one of the things that really struck me, because I've never met him before, and I, I really do like him and admire him, um, and just putting it out here right now, I have not decided who I'm voting on yet. I haven't, haven't decided who I'm voting for. But um, when I met Mike Pence, I, my impression was that he was going to be very stiff. Um, and very cold. And from the moment I shook his hand, he actually was so warm. And then when he started talking to our small group, um, he really came across as just a warm, um, really caring person, which I don't always think is he relays maybe on television. Did you find that? How did, how did you find Pence to be? You're exactly right. He's not, he doesn't consider himself somebody who's important. Yeah, he held the office of vice president, but he'll tell you, I, I held the office as, as a citizen, so can you. Um, he's, he's very easy to talk to. He'll talk to you one-on-one -on -one about the normal things that people with families and, and marriages talk about. Um, in fact, the first time I met him, um, one of the people on his campaign is somebody I'd worked with years ago. He actually came in and he pulled a prank on me. And I looked at him, I said, you got to be kidding me. And he just laughed and said, I got you. And then the <laughs> other guy comes out. I mean, he, he had no idea whether I would accept it or not. He's a regular guy. He really is. Yeah. And, and I pulled a prank on him on the way out, but we'll leave that alone. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's great, right? He's, he was just so great. I really enjoyed meeting with him. And I'm, I'm hoping to get him on the podcast. We're working on that right now. And um, it'd be like a real honor to have him. People wouldn't understand. People wouldn't believe. In fact, they don't. When I tell them how how nice he is and just a regular joke, they don't believe it. He could walk into a coffee shop, and if you didn't recognize him, he could sit there and he could talk at the at the at the counter and have his eggs and and what have you. And and his security is not ridiculous. They don't. I mean, he has some. Obviously, he's the vice former vice president, but everything's just so so low key with him. He doesn't travel with a lot of people. I shouldn't say that, but. He doesn't travel with a lot of people, <clears throat> and, and he doesn't expect you to treat him differently. He yeah, ate those sandwiches the same as we did. It's very, very humble, like a very humble man for how many great things he's done. And yeah, like I said, I really, really enjoyed him. I really enjoyed meeting him. What did you think of um, Vivek Ramaswamy? I liked him. You know, he's, he's another one who's got a, a new message, yeah. and, and he's got answers. Instead of campaigning about what the other guy didn't do, he's campaigning on what we need to do. 
I, I think that's important. And and he's another one. Um, you know, he shook his shook my hand, gave me a hug, and said, I'm glad to have you here. He, he's not and, and and he had security around him. And again, he's the kind of candidate I'm looking for because I want somebody at the top who's no different than we are. I, I don't want somebody who's lived the life of Riley. And 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 I'll say it and maybe you want to delete it, but I would never vote for Mitt Romney because Mitt Romney has never ever had to work to live. And the rest of us have. I, I need somebody that had to work for it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a, a big Mitt Romney fan. But I remember when Mitt Romney was running and he told like some reporter that, that he drove to Canada with his dog on the roof in a like a little cat like one of those what those like little dog containers. Do you remember that? That was so crazy. I do. And a lot of us would, would joke and say, well at least it wasn't his grandmother. <laughs> After I heard that, I was like, I don't think that's normal. I think that's highly irregular. <laughs> I think there's something wrong with them. But I, I get where you're coming from. No, I, I totally get where you're coming in. Vivek is really, really enjoyed listening to him. And I think, do you remember he told us from the very beginning, he's like, I think America is on an ascent. Like, I think we're rising. And I was like, wow, this is, I haven't heard this message in a really long time because I yeah. think everyone would say we're descending. So it was a really interesting message, like you said. Mike Mike Pence has a, has a saying that, you know, here's what we need to do to keep going forward. Nikki Haley says the same thing. Here's the answers. Here's what we need to do. Here's how we need to be careful. And, and I love Tim Scott's um, out there. He's saying anybody who tells you you can't rise up, don't, don't bother with them. They're not telling you the truth. They're lying. That's the message I think people in this country want to hear. Right. Exactly. You want to hear the message that there's like some hope. There's something to work towards. Yeah. I mean, if you yeah. don't work towards anything every day, it, life gets boring and, and you've really got nothing going on. So I, Tim Scott's message is incredible. I have not met him yet, and I'm really looking forward to seeing him somewhere at some point in time. Yeah, me too. Um, you know, um, one of the things that I think people are, are fed up with is, is everybody wants to be the victim because there's some cash payment at the end. And, and all the, the good candidates are now saying the cash is done. Let's all go back to work. There's plenty of jobs we need to fill. And and so, um, you know, I've talked with some of them about the the bus passes that everybody's gotten crossing the border. And they have five years here and somebody's paying for them, their, their food. And so some of us are looking at um, using um, policies that would allow them to go to work. We have a severe shortage of medical personnel. And while they may not be able to be doctors in this country, they can probably be nurses and, and maybe work the backs of the ambulances and what have you. Um, Mike Pence is sharing something that he did as governor in Indiana. Um, so we're trying to do that. Uh, we're looking at that with in, in a bipartisan manner. Um, Nikki has an idea as well. So all of them have an idea of what we do and, and how to put these people so that they become um, self-sufficient. In, in a minute, we're, we're not going to round them all up and push them out. There's what, I don't know, two or three million again. Um, right. But but if we can get them occupied, meaning meaning uh, financially occupied, I think it does us all good. Yeah, I agree. I agree. What a Nikki Haley. So you've mentioned her a few times. I met her when General Bullduck was running for the Senate. I happened to be like at lunch in Hampton and he happened to be like holding a huge meeting in a back room and he came out and he said hi to my friends and I, and he actually talked to us for quite some time. Like Bob, seriously, like quite some time. Like I was like, this guy's great, you know? And I just wanted to keep talking to him. And I kept thinking like, he's got to have better things to do than stand here and talk to us. But he didn't, he stayed, he talked to us for so, so long. I just, John is an amazing, amazing person. He really is. Gosh, I loved him. Um, And Nikki Haley happened to be at that meeting. Eventually she comes walking out and we like said hi to her and we had like some kind of brief chit chat with her. I actually found her to be a little cold, um, but it could have just been the environment where they like they needed to go. And Don was just like having a great time talking and she was like, we got to go. Um, but what, what did you think of her? I, I, I found her a little stiff, but not not cold. But I also know that the schedules some of them take at the end of their schedules, I, I'm surprised they're standing up because they're pushed to the limit so um but 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 she's hard but but she also was an ambassador 
So her role, I mean, she was a governor, but her role in, in, in what she talks about is heavy stuff. So it's nothing that she, she can make positive in a sense, but um, she, she made a good uh, pair with, with um, Dawn and, and Dawn uh, um, probably had talked her out. Not just saying he probably had her talking so long that, but that's just Don. Don's another another guy that politics needs. I can't tell you how many times I've had a veteran who needed somebody to talk to and I wasn't good enough. Mm-hmm. And when the general called, they'd call me up and go, did you have to call the general? And it's like, yeah. <laughs> so, and I don't care what Don is doing. He will stop. He'll get up in the middle of the night if it means to help with somebody. So Yeah. And you're you're good friends with it, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's a he lives in Stratum and I live in Exeter. So um, I think we actually go to the same tanning salon. <laughs> Is that how he does I, it? I think so. I'm pretty sure I've seen him coming out of there before and maybe while I was heading in. But yeah, he's a super mm-hmm. great guy. I really enjoyed um, him as a candidate. I was really disappointed when he did not win. But um, who knows? Maybe maybe they'll, they'll run. For he's still an, he's still an important political person in the state, though. I mean, when people came out to see Nikki when she was running for president, and, and I'm not, it's not bad for Nikki. They came out to see him. They said, well, if he wants us to hear him, they, I mean, he started filling halls with more people than anybody. And, and it was because it was Don. They wanted to see Don. They wanted to hear Don. And they wanted to ask Don why he was backing her. Right. So. Yeah. That, that is, it's such a, it's a really good point to make is that people have surrogates as they like to talk about. So you can say, you know, General Bulldog was a surrogate for for Nikki Haley, but yes, surrogates are really important because if you, let's just say for instance, you know, you decide to jump on board with Mike Pence and you're like, I'm gung ho for Mike Pence. I'm a fan of yours. So I may be like, Oh, well, if Bob Clegg really likes Mike Pence, I need to maybe take like a harder look. And people don't realize that that's what works here also is that, you know, if you're aligned with someone or you respect someone and that person is, backing someone you're gonna take a look at that person now nikki's got some good people pence has got some good people ramaswamy has um fred Doucette. fred's still a, a a legislator and and he's um he's well liked it, it remind that doesn't that name is not ringing a bell with me who's can you tell me who representative fred fred Doucette was with the trump campaign okay. and he went over to um vivek's campaign Okay. I don't I don't think I know who that is, but I don't know everyone, so Oh, that's all right. Okay. He was he was um Corey Lewandowski's partner in the New Hampshire Trump campaign last time. Okay. Right. And now he's uh, and he's a, a rep from Salem. He's a former firefighter. Um he has a lot of friends. And so when he invites people to come see Vivek, everybody goes. Yeah. Because we because yep. we trust Fred. Even even I go. No. Yeah. What um have you met DeSantis or have you just seen DeSantis talk? Governor DeSantis. I was at the Republican event. Somebody had um purchased a ticket for me to sit at their table and DeSantis was the guest speaker. But um he totally upset me because he was supposed to be a pro gun guy and so when I got there um and I carry especially in places like Manchester um yeah. They they had a table and they stopped me and they said, oh, well, you can keep your gun, you can keep it loaded, but you need to empty your pockets, which made no sense to me. And first off, I want to know why he's he's screening people that are coming in on a Republican event. So um, they took from me a two inch knife that has, you know, a little screwdriver on it. It really was a yeah. two inch knife. And I said, why are you taking that? And they said, oh, well, it's a knife. And I said, but I have a gun. No, we have to take your knife. So basically what they did was they were teaching me that under a DeSantis administration, he'll violate my right of search and seizure just because he can. And if I don't like it, I can leave. Normally I would have left, but that was, I think, a $150 ticket. And I wasn't about to do that to the person who had bought a seat for me to sit with them. Yeah. But um, that said to me that he's not the guy that I want. So did right. I meet him? I met him briefly there. I heard him speak. And, and I'm, not, I'm not as impressed as other people. In fact, the, the event had a situation where two ladies um, went on the stage 
it, it, it seemed to me like it was a setup deal. They stopped two times and were looking at security like, you know, like the choreography wasn't going off the way it should. Yeah. Even stopping at the bottom of the stairs, waiting, and then getting up there and waiting for secure. It, it was it was the most unprofessional um, program that I'd ever seen. I don't believe, it, it, to me, you'll never convince me it was real. Really? Well, I've done wow. security before. That that was a yeah. BS show. And yeah. so if you got to do that, and and you you need my my little pocket knife, um, you're not the guy you claim to be. Right. So he's not Trump's replacement, as far as I'm concerned, because Trump wouldn't do that. Yeah. Um, and and you know I have friends and um, good Republicans in in Florida who tell me he, he's not who the world thinks he is. Interesting. But, I really so. want to um I really want to meet him. I I don't know if he has any plans to go to New Hampshire home, <coughs> but I did tell Matt Mayberry. I said if he goes, please. Please save me a seat, please. I just want—I want to see him. I want to meet him, and and I don't—I and you know this, um, you know that my husband's really sick, so at night I really don't have the opportunity to go out to see candidates. So I really kind of have to do. If I'm going to do it, I have to do it during the day. So the New Hampshire Home Builders does it in the middle of the day, which is great for my schedule. So um, I, I'm really hoping. I'd be, su- I'd be surprised if he would have a, a small meeting like that and be that close to people. You know what? It's interesting that you say that because I, you're right. I think he does kind of hold himself out to be a little different, right? Like a, a little, I don't want I hate to say it, but like, like a little superior, you know? He, he surrounded himself at that meeting with a bunch of guys with short sleeves and, and full sleeve tattoos. You know, I mean, real security is in a suit and tie. Yeah. You know, these guys had the, had the, uh, well, look at me, look. I mean, that's who he surrounded himself with. And, and so nobody could really get close to him. Yeah. He, he took some pictures, but they were just the whole show to me meant uh, it's just no way I could vote for a guy like that. Yeah. yeah. Before I that, I liked him. him. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Before that. Yeah. I've got to meet him. I want to meet him for sure. You know, I want to tell you a really funny story because you're talking about like buying tickets and tables. And so mm-hmm. when, 2001, when I got elected to be a state rep out of Hampton, so I was probably, so I would have been like 30 years old. I was really young. I really didn't know anything about politics. I really didn't know anyone. So I got elected and there was some, I want to say it was like a Rockingham County event. And so I went and I'm looking for a place to sit. Like I had bought a ticket and the, the round tables. And so I went up to the table with the Hampton people and they were full. They were like, Pam, we're so sorry. There's like no seats here. So I'm like, okay. So I'm kind of shy. I don't know anyone. So I'm walking around, walking around. I finally find this one table and there's like a couple empty seats. And I say to this gentleman, like, can I sit here? Like, I'm Pam Saya. I just got you know, elected. And the man was like, absolutely have a seat. And he's like, where are you from? And blah, 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 blah. It's so nice. And um, then eventually this older woman comes and sits next to me and she's chatting with me and everyone's so kind. And it turns out that I was sitting at Senator Arthur Clem's table and Arthur was the one who was like, sure, sit with us. And he's at the time the Senate president. And then Dinah Sytek yeah. is the woman who comes and sits next to me. And she is the former um, House Speaker, the first woman right. Speaker yeah. of the House. And so she's sitting next to me. And they could not have been any kinder to someone who was just like this novice, clueless young woman who had no idea what was going on. And I always joke, I haven't seen Senator Clement a really long time, but whenever we see each other, I'm always like, do you remember that? Do you remember when you were so kind to me? This is so nice. They're such good people. But see, that's that's really politics in New Hampshire. You know, when when people say, Jesus, 424 of you up there, how do you get along? I said, it's like a big family. You can argue, but you have to get along whether you like it or not. So you live together. And 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 it doesn't surprise me with that or or with Donna because that that's just the way they were. Yeah, so that was a great president. Yeah, they're great, great people. Yeah. Um, but you're right; that, that is like really indicative of politics in New Hampshire, right? Like, no one's really. If you have a big ego, you're probably not going to last long. Everybody wants the Republicans and the Democrats to not talk to each other, but this this last budget shows you that when the numbers are close and you don't have a choice. It works much better. And when I first started, that's the way it was through most of the years I were there. Um, you had friends on both sides of the aisle. I, I know when I was in the House, we used to joke that we I was on two committees and one of them was election law. And we would separate the bills with what needed to be done. And then we'd make a pile for each one of the parties. We did what needed to be done first. 
and then we would do what was for the parties. And and being the ranking Republican, I was able to during a discussion put myself last. And so the Democrats got up and jokingly said all kinds of disparaging things about me. And people kept coming up, aren't you going to get up? I go, yeah, just wait. And it was kind of a joke. So when they were done, I got up and said, what the Democrats just said about me is true, but please vote with me. And we (laughs) had the majority anyway. So, I mean, those are the kind of things we did. Yeah. And, and, And it was fun. Nobody said anything really bad about me, you know, but. And and I remember when Ray Buckley used to talk and, and come to committee and tell jokes. Of course, you couldn't yeah. do that today, but we always got along and we always got the work done. And this year, the expanded Medicaid was very important. Expanded Medicaid isn't free. You have to pay for it. But 122,000 people were on that program. And if we couldn't come to some kind of an agreement, 122,000 people were going to be uncompensated care. And so um, to get it done the way they did, it's extended now for seven years. Government still has to pay 90% or it's done, but they don't have to fight about it for, for seven years now. And, and that's yeah, what happens when both sides get together, sit at a table and get it done. Yeah, that's really great. We had um, Representative Maureen Mooney on a couple shows back. I love her. She's, she and I went to law school together. We're good friends. She's great. Um, and she was really telling us about how there's like that split in the house where it's, I forget, was it? Like 200 Republicans, 199 Democrats or something like that. It was incredible. Yep. And right. it changes daily. Right. <laughs> People resigning or passing or getting sick right. or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. It's absolutely incredible. So so what, what else are you going to do retail politics-wise? Do you have any plans to go see anyone soon? There's a, a lot of campaigns are, are gearing up. There'll be a lot of cookouts in July and August, uh, mostly August and, of course, in September. Um, the campaign for governor is going to start. Um, you saw today, I'm sure that Kelly Ayotte, they did a, uh, Kelly Ayotte's people did a uh, poll and, and supposedly she has 69% of the people want to vote for her. Chuck Morris has 22. Frank Edelbloat has, um, nine. Um, the reality is out of the three of them, the only one who actually could win would be Chuck Morris. Um, he actually understands the budget. He understands what's being a governor. And and he has little, if any, baggage because he's always been one of those politicians that the first guy who's there to help and the last guy to leave because he's doing cleanup. So I think I think um, it's going to be an interesting summer on, on that basis. So I don't That's think really interesting. I, didn't, I don't I didn't, think Sununu's going to run. Yeah, is not. Don't I, so. I, I don't believe Sununu will run for another term. Well, is he at four right now or three? He's at four. He's at. So, okay. so he would be yeah, so if he ran and won, he would be the first one to ever win five. But wow, I, I, I didn't know that. I, yeah, I think he's had enough. It's not an easy job. No, I, I could not imagine. I'm sure it's a lot. I'm surprised that Kelly Ayotte's thinking about it. I don't know. I kind of feel like she's sort of out of the news. I don't really hear or see her anymore. You really think about her. Interesting. She she's been secretly campaigning for six months. Okay. Very quietly going and to all the events, so- telling everybody she's going to go. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. All right. But, you Chuck, know, she's Chuck the one that used to sit behind me in the house. Yeah. Kelly was the one who uh, wanted to put gun owners on a no fly list if we didn't register our weapons. So she's she's got about as yeah. much chance as I do of being governor. Yeah. I, um, I don't think that would be a vote I'd be casting. No. It's so. my personal preference. You know, right. I mean, it's my personal preference. What about uh, guys like Doug Burgum and Francis Suarez getting into the race? What do you think about that? I think Doug Burgum's got a good commercial, but um, yes. in, you know his his state's not like ours. Yeah. I, I don't know what his state is like. You know, it's it's kind of it's, it's different. It's large. It's cold, but. Um, I don't. I don't think his message is going to hit hit well here. You know, I'm glad. I'm glad he's here. I, I want to hear him. Yeah. If he comes out and starts holding events, I'll go listen and probably yeah. ask questions. Um, but but I think I think they're going to have a hard time getting started. Yeah, I always kind of. I always makes me wonder why someone like that jumps in, and obviously they have every right to. I'm not saying that they don't have any right to, but it's like you're a governor of a really small state. 
Um, no one really knows who you are. I, I actually heard, I was listening to Glenn Beck one day and they were like, oh, Doug Burgum got in the race. And I, it was like crickets. I think, you know, it was kind of a joke on the show. Like no one knows who he is. Um, you know, it just, it's an interesting choice, but I mean, Hey, what the hell? That's our system. He, you can run if you want he, to. He turned his state around, which, which is a great way to start talking on, on, on the presidential campaign, but nobody knows about it because the news isn't the same as it was 20 years ago or 10 years ago. So nothing he did made it out of the state. Yeah. You know, Chris Sununu would have a hard time running for president, except that he made it a point to go out there and, and, and become famous, uh, you know, at the, at the dinner, you know, saying things about Trump and then going on. I mean, how many people would have expected our Chris Sununu to go on the view? Right. I mean, talk about wanting to get massacred but but he did it and and you know so but not many people want to do that i don't see doug doing that but that's how you get your name out and that's how you get people from different um fields to see you yeah so i, I the, the one i'm i'm looking for closely is, is as i said tim scott i think that his message alone it is is going to make him at least somebody's going to want to partner up with him and that'll be interesting when we see that It'll be really interesting to see that. I, I have to admit, right now, I'm leaning towards Mike Pence and Vivek Ramaswamy. That, that's where I'm leaning. I haven't made a decision because I haven't met anyone else yet. Um, I, I want to see, I want to meet Tim Scott. I want to meet Ron DeSantis. You know, Chris Christie, I think his time has passed. Like, I feel like 2012, that was his time. Chris is another friend, and, and uh, I haven't talked to him. He hasn't called me on this campaign, but. I believe his job is is to um, unveil all the problems with Trump. I, I think I think that's what you know. And it takes somebody like Chris because Chris's um, ability is the same as Donald. They'll call each other names all day long, and but that's the way they grew up. New York, New Jersey is not much difference. So, um, and and I think I think he's passionate about the country. Chris is, and and I think he's going to dive in to make sure that. Whoever wins is the guy he thinks is going to actually do the best for the country. Yeah. I saw, uh, um, I want to say maybe half of Chris Christie's um, CNN town hall last week, I think it was. I watched about half of it, maybe half an hour of it. And it was really interesting. I just, I wish I had heard more about like his ideas, but you're right. I feel like he is in that race just to tear Trump down, which is fine if that's your job. But I just was like, well, you know, are you really serious about you wanting to be president? Like, what are, you know, what are your ideas? And I didn't hear a lot of that. But I do like him. I think he's funny. But you and I did the same thing. You, you got bored after a while because, you know, he's not giving me anything new. I already know everything he's going to say. So, and, yeah. and, and, and I expect there'll be others that'll will jump in and, and, and attempt to get some points by saying some things. But in, in all the years I've, I've been around and I've been to all of the, um, the big events, in and out of state. Um, I find that 99% of them are real people. Um, Chris is real. When he was governor, we talked to him about some gun legislation down there. We had a Marine who had been arrested and um, that's how we became friends. In fact, Chris came up here and, and I met him in the hotel where the ball field is. And, and uh, he said something to me and I asked him a question. And his jaw dropped. He asked me a question. I gave him an answer and his jaw dropped. And I looked at his people. I said, didn't you warn him that I'm blunt? And they said, no. I said, your fault, not mine. Yeah. Um, and Chris asked me afterwards, he says, I need somebody like you on my campaign. I said, no, you don't. So, <laughs> <clears throat> but that's how we became friends, because yeah. he likes people to tell him the way it is, not the way you think he wants to hear it. Right. Right. So it was a good lesson to his guys. But um but but there's another example of somebody coming up when last time he ran for for president, talking to the little people. Yeah. So and and yeah. and it's one on one, and there's no whole bars. There's no no guy standing there with a gun or a badge or anything else. It's you and him. Right. So. Yeah, I think I I met Chris. Um, I want to say around that 2012 time period, somewhere around there, he was up in New Hampshire. I think he was doing an event for Ovid Lamontagne, who was, I don't know if Ovid was running for Senate or governor, I don't remember, but it was for Ovid. And I went to like a really small event, Bedford Village Inn, and I got to meet Chris. So I was born in New Jersey and lived there till I, well, well I was young. And then we moved to New Hampshire. Um, and so when I met Chris, I was like, hey, you know, I was born in New Jersey and I lived there. And he was like, what town? And I'm like, it's a really small town, like really small. I highly doubt you know it. 
And he's like, uh, I'm pretty sure I would know it. I'm the current governor of New Jersey. And I was like, yeah, that's actually probably really stupid to say. So I told him the town. He's like, of course I know it. And yes, of course, it's really small. But he was really funny. Like, we got a big kick out of it. He was a, he was a good guy. But I enjoyed uh, meeting him back then and hearing what he has to say. And I do, I, I think he's a really smart, smart guy. I think he's a oh, really he smart is. guy. Absolutely, yeah. he is. Yeah. You know, over the years, we've, we've, we've met a lot of people. I remember when Bob Dole was running for, for president. And Elizabeth was with him. And there were so many of us that were trying to find a way to tell Bob to let Elizabeth run because she really was the brains behind the, you know, the the, the curtain. Yeah. Um, but but the older population wasn't ready for a female yet. But there's a, there's a good example of when people come into New Hampshire, what happens because people are really trying to swap that one around. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. It's a, it, New Hampshire is such a special state. And I think I've said this before in the podcast. I hate even like bragging about it because I don't want any more people moving here. Right. I just want, I want to keep it the way it is. Please don't move here. We're good. But you know what I mean? It's just a great way to live life. And it's the state has so much to offer and the people are so amazing. And the quality of life here is just incredible. Well, and you know, the further north they go too, there's still that old time family up, up that, that, that lives above Concord. And and when you get into the North Country, life is different. They live life different. They live life slower. They live life to enjoy it. Um, it's not a rat race. And I'll tell you, when politicians get up there and try to play their city stuff, um, they just it, it just uh, stops. You know, it's like they hit a brick wall. So a lot of times we have to explain to them, these people are basically honest and, and don't slip because if you do, they're going to catch it. So just tell them the truth. If you don't, if you don't like bagels, say, I don't like bagels. You know, I mean, you know, and if you don't want to go on the farm, don't go up there. Yeah, no. for sure. It gets, it's pretty rural up there. It's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. It is. And, and they take, they, they're great. The citizens of New Hampshire are great caretakers of the resources and the assets we have in the North Country. And, and the presidential candidates have to understand that. And that's where the biggest questions come from, too, is what's the federal government going to do to stop putting all these regulations on us so I can't make a living? Right. New Hampshire is losing dairy farms on a, on a regular basis because the farmers just can't make enough money to, to do what they do. And that's sad because once the farm's gone, it's gone. Right. It's not coming back. No. No, so, it's getting developed. It's going gonna, it's gonna to become a, a street soon with 50 houses on it. And and the one senator we have now that that um, listens and does a lot for for people is, is Senator Shaheen. Oh. You know, there's a, there's another example of bipartisanship. She was governor when I was um, I think I was the um, majority leader, but um, she'll still take my phone call. And I said to her one day, "You know, I don't vote for you." And she goes, "Bob, I know you don't vote for me, but what do you want?" <laughs> so, but that's new hampshire. i never asked for anything for myself it's always for one of her constituents and she always takes care of it yeah oh, she's yeah, a good yeah. example for other people that are that are running to take a look at how she treats her constituents and and try to emulate that because she's the only one that does that yeah i have we we had ray buckley on the show we talked a lot about her and i i said i i'm kind of like a fangirl for governor shaheen but I wouldn't vote for her. However, I have so much respect for her. I think she's like an amazing person. I think she's been amazing. Uh, she was a good governor. She was an amazing senator. And so I agree with you, right? We're just like, we differ on issues, but I, I think she's a fantastic person. She She's great for the people that she represents. If you really need help, she's the one. Yeah, she's, she's really, really great. Well, Bob, thank you so much for being here. I have like so enjoyed this conversation. <laughs> it's been great. <laughs> just like, Hash it out, Republican to Republican. No Democrats here. <laughs> She's going to be sorry she missed me. She really is. She's Because she would have had some really good questions for you. But we'll have to have you back on again when uh, when Mara is here. And maybe when we've met some more candidates, hopefully together, uh, yeah. up at New Hampshire Home Builders. And yep. yeah, thank you so much, Bob Clegg, for being here. Thank you for inviting me. I really appreciate it. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, that was a fantastic show. I really enjoyed uh, talking to Senator Clegg. He's uh, definitely a character. He definitely has lots of stories, and I love stories. I love to tell my own stories. Um, that was really great. It was really interesting. Um, and it's really interesting to see that he's someone who's met a lot of people who are running for president and seen them, and he has not made up his mind as well. Neither have I. Um, but that was a really, really great show. I, I 
totally enjoyed listening to his perspective on certain things. And we'll have to have him back when Mara Dolan is with us so that she can grill him with all of her democratic questions. <laughs> but hey, thank you for being here. Remember, this is your place for stress-free politics and a place where your political adversary may end up being your best friend. Take a look at our show notes. You will see all of our links to the social media and you can find us at goingdisparate.com. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram as well as YouTube. All of our videos are now posted to YouTube. So you don't just have to listen to us on iTunes or Spotify. You can subscribe to us on uh, the YouTube channel and you can actually watch us interviewing all of these great people that we've had on. So thanks a lot. Have a great day and we will see you soon. Hey, Mara, you know that people are constantly complimenting me on my beautiful hair color and my youthful looking skin. I tell them that not only do I work with a really talented master hair colorist and a super experienced esthetician, I use Monate hair care, skin care, and wellness products. Monate products are naturally based, reliant upon natural sources for their key ingredients, unique formulas, and proven benefits. Monate considers it their duty to protect their source, which is the beautiful world in which we live. I love these products so much that I decided to sell them so that others can enjoy their amazing benefits. Check out my store at pamelarogersesq.mymonate.com. That's P-A-M-E-L-A-R-O-G-E-R-S-E-S-Q dot M-Y-M-O-N-A-T dot com. The Monate movement encompasses not only innovative hair care, skin care, and wellness products, but a genuine dedication to helping others build beautiful lives. Each month, I'm going to be giving away an amazing Monate product. So go to our website, which is goingdisparate.com, join our mailing list, and a lucky monthly winner will be selected. Again, you can check out my Monate store at PamelaRogersESQ.MyMonate.com. See you guys soon.